What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Combat Chain, episode 47. I'm your host, Adam Filipchaisk, joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Sean Hill. And today, we're just we're going to run right into the, this week because we got a lot of things to dive into. Our guest this week is a huge member of the Canadian fab community. Uh, he's influenced its growth in more ways than I think most people will realize. Um, he is a co-founder of the Canadian Fab Discord server, a co-founder of the very popular content channel, uh, Spark of Genius, and people near and far clamor at the marvel of his diamond hands. Allow me to welcome to the show the Shard Lord himself, Rob from Canada. Hey, nice to be here. I really like that paragraph you wrote about me. I couldn't have done better myself, so thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, you found a way to use clamor. In, in a sentence, in, in a way that's yep. like concise and proper. That vocabulary is above my pay grade, so. I, <laughs> above rate, dude. I pride myself on my linguistic uh, capacity. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, how's, how's it going, guys? Uh, yeah, lots nice going on. No, lots going on this past week. Um, I know there's a ton of spoilers uh, we saw, um, but we're not. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about spoilers really today. Uh, I know Rob, you're with Spark of Genius. You mentioned before the show, you and Eric are working on some stuff for that. Uh, Sean and I have some plans for that. There's a ton of, if you're on Twitter, if you're anywhere in Discord, yeah, there, there's a ton of talk about spoilers. So we're, yeah, we're, we're going to leave that one on the side for today. And uh, I'm actually going to hand it over to Sean here because uh, hey, he's got some really cool ideas. Hey guys, uh, Rob, thank you for being here. I'm glad to have you on. My uh, pleasure. And uh, yeah, Adam, dude, that was uh, that was quite the intro, man. You're getting <laughs> like you're getting better at those. Like you're 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 amassing power. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, I, I yeah. feel like I gotta live up to that a little better now. It's like, oh man, is that all true? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah dude, you, you're gonna have like we're going to be like snipping all of your intros, and at the end of the year, we'll do a montage of all your intros, and we'll see like the progression. <laughs> of your intros um yeah so this week was really cool and, and robin uh, and, and us we were all talking before this and uh there's so much content out there talking about like the, the new cards and the value of the car and then the value of the cards but like you know people analyzing what's the best card in the set and blah blah, blah. one thing that i'd be remiss if, if we didn't look go into with rob is let's talk more about the value of the set as far as collecting and, and collecting the cards and looking at the value of the cards. Cause for those of you who don't know, Rob is like the collector baller of, of Canada. He is the, um, wh- wh- how would I like, can we call it your, comp- can we hot take? He's the Canadian saint. Yeah, I was gonna say, can, is that would that be a little Those too are much? Big shoes to fill for sure. I'm, no, no, I, I'm sure you you actually. You, I'm like, gonna step shoes? down on my high horse a little bit. I think Chocho, <laughs> Cho Chocho for anyone who doesn't know him, he's the baller of Canada. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Arthur, okay. yeah, he's, he's our Arthur, Mr. Yeah, Chocho. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, Arthur's the collection. Arthur's the saint of Canada. I I'm willing I think to. So. I'm okay. willing to yeah, make and that. And he's not claim. here to debunk that, so he can have that title. Uh, I mean, but Arthur I mean, doesn't have doesn't have one thing that you have which is we were talking about earlier is that 9.5 signed the cold foil tunic cold signed by foil. james white oh, i wish i had it it's like on a shelf over there 
like you I know can what? Get it later. <laughs> you know what? You know what Arthur does have though? He has the mm. gnarliest playmat collection of yes. anyone. Yeah. Ever. It is. Whenever a new event comes out, you'll see his buying post for every playmat on that list well, at a premium. He does not skimp out. So like wow. Arthur, and, like Arthur and I are, are quite close friends, and when we uh, when he tra- like when we're both at events, we like he's when him and that group's at at an event that i'm also at like that's the group i'm hanging out with like i, I right that, that those are the guys i'm just because there's a comfort level there we're, we're all in the alberta discord yeah so anyway uh yeah. that to say that when uh the, the, when we were in vegas and we were in uh san jose together um watching that man work to acquire <laughs> all the playmats uh hustling Oh, hustling. Well, he, so in Vegas, he, I think at one point he had a pile of like 15 or 20 masks that he was taking home. Uh, like he oh, just, yeah. he's like, net, well, he, yeah, good guy that he is. He, he, uh, if anybody else, like in, in the local community, if there's anybody else who's not at an event who there's a mat there that they want, he will go out of his way to like get that mat for them um wow. and bring it home and so like right. I, i've seen the guy like pack like 20 30 mats home yeah. from an event and it is insane to just watch that man hustle for for, for yeah, his, his collection and oh man i think that's his, that's his pride and joy of fab yeah. collecting i think the play, mats. The play he has, mat he has everything i think he's got every yeah. play mat we should we beginning. should bring arthur on he's such an interesting character um and he's trying yeah, to hit him yeah, up yeah we'll, we'll 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 line that up that'd be a cool uh, episode i think so less about playmats because like neoprene is cool, but like let's talk, let's talk like <laughs> we let's talk cardboard, cardboard, the shiny let's cardboard. Talk, there you go, baby. Let's talk about that cardboard crack. Um, outsiders, <laughs> spoilers are out. We've seen the cards, um, and there's some like really heavy hitters in there. But one of the things that's really important, um, and I think a lot of people are freaking out about, uh, is we're noticing that cards are scarcer. Valuable cards seem to be a little scarce uh it's in true. these boxes and we've only seen like six six i think openings so far um i wanted to ask you rob like we, we you've been in part of the game for a long time i've been part of the game for a long time adam's been part we've all opened a crap ton of product yep more than i like to admit yeah, on this yeah. show yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same same here we're gonna keep those like numbers I'm, to ourselves like we're we're all like sean and i are like baby orcas like we're small little whales that are like even yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, we're very, very small little dolphins, and then you yeah. got, like, Mr. Whale over here. But, um, no, but on, on a very serious matter, like, uh, a lot of people are freaking out that there's five to six Majestics per box as being shown. Marvels seem to be very scarce, because we got, like, we were really spoiled with Marvels out of Uprising. Uprising yeah. had, like, a Marvel box. It was close to, like, 1.5 Marvel. Uh, it was 2 to 2.5 Marvels per case, I think. So yeah. we were close to, like, one every two boxes or a little bit more than that. Yeah. Which is crazy. And then, like, when Dynasty came out, Marvel's like, I opened four and a half cases or something like that of, of, of Dynasty, and I think I got one to two Marvels, mm -hmm. um, which I might have just been unlucky. But um, yeah, I'm thinking we're going to start seeing a little bit more scarcity. Like, the Marvels are going to start being more scarce, but this is a big surprise for us on the Majestics. What do you think about that? So I'm actually worried a little bit for the Majestics. I really thought that eight Majestics was a very comfortable point. Um, when I 
opened up like the x amount of cases i bought it was like between like five and six usually like per set <clears throat> i would only narrowly get the play sets that i needed uh and i, I like to have every play set in the game because we we do videos in spark of genius we want to have all the cards to be able to play all the janky decks out there so i do like to try to get every play set but i narrowly got the play sets without having to go and buy them you know on the market uh with like yeah. five or six cases of course there were some extras which is great but i'm worried now that i'll have to buy more to keep up with you know what i used to be doing um and speaking about you know ev majestics now because of this there might be a price increase in majestics right you're not getting as many but majestics range between like a dollar to maybe like 10 15 bucks for like the more chase ones like a race face was like the uh the premium majestic i guess which was like 15 bucks so i'm a little worried for the price of majestics and i am worried about now having to buy more boxes to complete the sets right yeah i i think that's that, that's where a lot of people are and so there's this mentality and, and i want to ask you this because we were both um the benefactors of the craziness that happened in, in crucible and when things started going up a little like bit the monarch uh, <laughs> monarch i mean monarch we, we all a lot of us ate our ate our socks on monarch but um yeah one of the things that happened was for a while there like majestics out of crucible were worth a lot of money like i remember i think it was beast within was like a 50 dollar card Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right uh that there was spoils of war went crazy yeah, was that was like 150, 150 bucks for the rainbow foil one i remember yeah so that uh twinning blade was a huge 100 bucks twinning i think blade for the rainbow huge. foil um yeah, yeah no, you're right yeah. so looking at that and and one of the things that i was noticing back then was people weren't and, and they, it maybe because of the way the economy was for the game but people weren't as yeah. sensitive to those prices back then it was kind of like <laughs> you know um it's good for it's good for everybody you know, like you got cards, you sold them, you made money, you bought other cards and, and it kind of just, it was, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that there's one thing that it, it might be a hot take, but if we see a market where the Majestics start being worth more, um, yes, it's it's not necessarily great for card availability for the game, but all around, isn't that better for the players? Is that something like, mm -hmm. it, that's something that I feel and I like, I come from a place of privilege where like I, I have a master set and I'm like, I, I, I have a little bit of money and I put it in fab, you know? Right. And so I don't, I don't see it as a big of an issue. And, and the argument is, well, if I want to start playing the game, I'm going to have to buy, you know, a play set of these $40 cards. But as someone who's buying packs and opening packs, like, isn't that better for everybody? What do you think? I think right now, so with Uprising and Dynasty, we're seeing the prices of Majestics, I, in my opinion, be too low. Um, okay. I think that there are a lot of Majestics selling for 50 cents right now, and in a box yeah. where you get like eight of them, like that's pretty low. So I'd be happy if the prices did go up a little bit, but um, I, there, I think there is a point where you, there's a threshold where you start to make it a little harder for new players to get into the game. Um, yeah because if they see that there's now like cnc was a big problem right for a lot of people still that was is. the the top yeah it's true it still is so that was the yeah. topic top card of of, uh, of contention for most people because they're like most decks run it and i need three of them that's 300 bucks just for a playset of majestics that not even counting the armor right so that card was a problem uh, i don't think any card should ever reach that point again as a majestic i think that was just way too high but if we're seeing like majestics hit the average of like 10 bucks that's not so bad i think it, Maybe it's a little high for most people, for some people, but I think for me, that'd be pretty comfortable. I know Adam's like, I, I can see Adam, like uh, the, the hamster spinning. You have a comment there, buddy. No, I'm, 
I, I, I was typing something on Discord actually, and I'm laughing at the response to it. So don't. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 cool, cool, cool. It, so well, you know what? Um, actually, while we're while we're here, uh, it, it it surrounds the Arthur being uh, the Canadian saint, and somebody made mm-hmm. a good point. What about Mickey Singh? Yeah, Mickey, man. The, so the thing about Mickey's, I don't know if he really collects. I don't know him that well, to be honest. I'll, I'll preface it okay, with that's that. Fair. But I think he just kind of cracks a lot of product. He cracks more than than a, than Arthur. Arthur, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. he, I think he he sells a lot of it. Whereas Arthur, he's more of a collecting guy. So he'll he'll kind of get every promo, every mat, every playset in the highest rarity. Whereas I think Mickey's okay with letting that stuff go. I think Mickey's I think. the biggest dealer of, of flesh and blood. I would say cards. he's more of a dealer than a collector. Yeah, um, I, I bought and I bought stuff off Mickey. He's a great. Oh guy. yeah, every, uh, every time. <laughs> everybody everybody's bought and stuff off Mickey. Everyone everybody knows Mickey. Yeah. If, if they have to buy cards, he's the first guy. Oh, very Ooh. nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and and Mickey is one of those those people who had surgicals, uh, which we're going to talk about surgical in, you know in like I a got minute. The sickest deal at auction from Mickey. I got a pl- like recently. I think I got a playset of Command and Conquers for like just a hair over two hundred CAD, and a playset of E Strikes like was one twenty or one thirty CAD, and I was like. That guy, that yeah. guy has too yeah. many for, cards. For, for anyone who doesn't know watching this, the Canadian auctions and the Canadian Discord are the place to be if you want good deals on cards. Absolutely. Like if, yeah. you're, if you're able to just wait around a bit or you're looking to just buy things to sit on, like the Canadian auctions is the place to be. Yeah. yeah it yeah. really is. It really is. Uh, I actually I introduced a new player to the game. He's like, I need all these cards. I'm like, just 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 check out the auctions. Yeah, and he ended just... up... <laughs> like he got he got i can't remember what he bought but he bought like a tunic a uh a providence and like a couple other things all for like under 400 dollars. yeah so he really yeah. got his start like a, a, that storm striders and a bunch of other stuff for like four or five hundred bucks so he yeah. really got to start hard in the game uh with one of the auctions so keep an eye out for the canadian discord um yeah. i think we could probably put like a, an invite or some kind of like ref- thing in the yeah, comments it's, it's a public so, discord so there there's yeah. gonna be a link available yeah, I'll, that we can i'll, I'll put, put the there. link uh, along with uh, the spark of genius twitter uh, i usually put the twitter i'll i'll toss the link in there too yeah absolutely awesome sweet because we were um one of the things that you mentioned was the the armor right because i remember right. um when when monarch came out and and um, a little bit after Monarch and Tails, the big point of contention for new players was, I don't know if I can get into this game. Armor's too expensive. Legendary armors. Expensive. Yeah. 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 And so for a long time, like people getting into Fab and even with Uprising, even though there's cards like Erase Face that were really valuable and stuff, like people were looking to buy boxes for the Legos. That's where the value was. And yep, that's as a the, player, the box, the legendaries. Which is like, which is great, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like, I, I think that if the EV could be more balanced, and, and even if the arm, the, like, a good example of right. this is stalagmite. Mm-hmm. How much is stalagmite right now, Rob? It jumped. I'll, I'll give it some some um, some credit. It jumped, but it was like forty bucks for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, right now it's. I think it's hovering around a hundred. Yeah, I think it jumped to close to that. Yeah, yeah, it's going up. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's that's like that card is really, really great. And at eighty, a hundred dollars, that's a great price for a legendary. But I remember buying an Arknight shard, uh, an Arknight, not an Arknight shard, a mm-hmm. Arknight skull cap for two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep, those are the days. It was almost three hundred bucks at some point. <laughs> it um, was, and now it's an unplayable. Well, not unplayable. I, I still think it's a great piece, but like, it's yeah. a card that no one really cares it's, about. It's uh, sixty, seventy dollars Canadian, I think, <laughs> around there. There was the rep- reprint. There was the release of Crown of Providence that just kind of blew yeah. it out of the water for most decks. Um, 
And it was actually very interesting to me that it, it dropped so drastically in price. I didn't expect that. Like, if you had asked me that before Providence came out, I would have told you that this would never drop below 200 bucks. But there, but it, there it was, Providence 60 bucks. Out and, yeah. yeah, and then bam. Um, so to, to, to kind of cover out, like, the whole outsiders segment or whatever you want to call it before I give it to... Uh, Adam, because I think Adam, we're going to go into uh, that that uh, surgical extractions just because it's a great segue. Sure. Uh, looking at the EV of the set, and I'm thinking that yeah, less majestics is a bummer. Um, and I I also you know I, that's what you shouted as well. I think that that's it's it's a bit of a bummer, but I think people are too too quick to judge because more expensive majestics mean better like more value in the hands of players in a weird yeah. way. Because Majestics are more attainable, um, but obviously, you know, it sucks to have to buy like eight cases to complete a playset of anything. It's true, and um, I will also just to final point on that: if um, you don't hit a legendary in the current cases, like a Dynasty and, and um, Uprising, your box is pretty much worth nothing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's yeah. it's super hit or miss. If you buy a case and hit one legendary, you're not sitting very pretty. If you hit two, you might be okay. Um, but then again, a single box EV, it depends totally on the legendary. That's or the marvels, I guess. You know, the marvels are okay. Um, I think they did okay with the marble, like the the tiger, um, the all the dragons from Uprising. They they were a good 30, 40 bucks. So you pull one of those, it's good. But again, it's one every two boxes on average. So you can miss. Yeah, exactly. You can miss, and I I think having better value in cards that are more attainable is better for the game all over but that that will mean that legendary should trend downwards exactly you got to balance them out which might be good actually because you don't have to buy the single the legendary that's like 200 bucks right exactly i, I think that if, if that's the way they're going where like legendaries are more attainable and majestic start to be worth a little bit more money like the card that adam's going to lead us in with is <laughs> extraction like i think that's a perfect example of that adam like like knock us out man all right uh I'm a little disappointed you mentioned it twice because I could have built so much like hype and suspense on that. I might, oh, like, in the, sorry. I might in the edit actually like, bleep <laughs> out like censor you saying it each time to build sure. hype comically. I don't know what I'm gonna do. We'll see. Sure. We'll see. But yeah. So uh, since we're talking about collecting this week uh, and we're looking at, um, I mean, everybody's eyes are on outsiders right now, and the especially I think a lot of people are hyped on assassin stuff. Which then, uh, if you look at getting everything you need for Assassin, um, you're likely looking at Dynasty as well. And there is a card that, as Sean mentioned, Surgical Extraction, that um, at this point, um, well, I think pe like, people caught on pretty quickly. Like, the, yeah. I, the, the, when, when people started saying, uh, you know, I, I remember hearing, started hearing that, like, Surgical Extraction's short printed, like, what? day two day three after release something like that it, it didn't take long but uh, a lot of the and even for myself like i'll say for what four or five cases i didn't see a single one um yeah so yeah that, like then then the 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 notes come out where we see in fact it was confirmed to be uh short printed as an error and that explains why i have twenty thousand regicides now um yeah. <laughs> right yeah because that would you would assume that would be the short printed card because it was like you know the one of but yeah that, i remember like at, well and I, so i guess it was was i i would assume regicide would then technically have been overprinted because 
it yeah. would have been in, in in surgical slot so yeah i've got i've got more regicides yeah. than i can shake a stick at like <laughs> you know when we're talking about 50 cent majestics that's like the prime 50 yeah. cent majestic right there i will say yeah yeah underutilized overprinted Bam. yeah yeah, yeah exactly go. so anyway um so with with the you know the the spoilers we've seen for outsiders and i think what uh surgicals up to last i saw i think i heard something about 80 usd is that correct 84 non-foil has gone up that much 84 usd as of this morning on tcg player i just sold one for 50 canadian i should take that good back. good guy <laughs> rob <You> definitely should <laughs> <laughs> i'll buy it i'll give you 70 dollars yeah, right yeah, now no no i'm not gonna back out of a deal but uh that's surprising not, that is that is a crazy jump um honestly i thought they were gonna reprint it in the next release in the next like printing of uh well, dynasty so I, I guess one of the things oh i see what you're saying like when if, if they i thought they were going to correct the, the the how how many times you see that in in, in the case because do you, do you think they can't like they're in a position to do that like maybe they commissioned enough dynasty the first time that they're still sitting on it mm. It's possible. It's possible. I don't know. I, I thought that because they mentioned it was an error that they would try to fix it because I do think that's a problem, especially Absolutely. if you want to play Ninja. Uh, sorry, not Ninja. <laughs> Assassin, sorry. You, you have yeah. to get a place out of that. It's it's almost a must. Like right now, it's, it's Command and Conquer levels uh, yep. expensive. And at least Command and Conquer is like, you know, you buy a place at a Command and Conquer. You, you can use you it can... In, in, in many decks, right? Yeah, you don't have to just yeah, play yeah. it in, in Arachne. Like, yeah, that that's way too expensive for a class majestic. So, and that and that's where my for one mind... of the main yeah for one of the main classes. Sorry, that's going to be uh, in outsiders now. Uh, that's going to increase demand for the card. Yeah, and so that's where like my mind goes to this place. So first off, like we don't know when LSS found out about this. It could have very well been like the first time they found out about it was when the you know people started saying oh you know we think it's short printed because short of that how are they supposed mm -hmm. to know it's in the packs right like no one's watching yeah. each sheet go through the printer um I, I doubt anybody's you know just qcing the the files to see okay for, for every card through it so i <laughs> yeah. i think it, i i bet you that's the first time lss you know gets wind of it and then now they have to do an investigation and probably somebody yeah. does have to sit there and comb through the the <laughs> the, the, the print file but um it, yeah, yeah rob you, you say like lss yeah. I, I think a lot of people i know in my local communities i've heard a lot of people talk about like they want lss to make this right and how does lss make this right but i think one mm -hmm. of the confounding variables is because of and morally and ethically i think i i'd rather see them try to like make it right by the players before the collector but the, right i see yeah but but the thing is because of the entire like at the end of the day we all know that uh, opening booster packs there's there's an element of gambling to it to some extent and uh, i think you know i'll bet you though flesh and blood being that on the box you know it's 16 plus mm -hmm. probably not, doesn't absolve them of any sin because it's still technically a minor mm -hmm. but they can at least advocate that they're not preying on children like you know mm. pokemon and you know when we talk about the because the loot box concept has been a very hot topic right. recently and uh, rightfully yeah. so like at what point are you preying on people uh versus yep. and I, by no means do i think lss is doing that but right from the wrong perspective you know if, if the wrong person gets pissed off or catches wind of something like it, it there can be a claim there there, there can be there, a claim yeah. is, be. is the thing yeah. so that's where lss i i genuinely think though they're 
you make it right by the player you do have to be careful about like not getting yourself in any trouble in this situation so it's like i I liked your idea rob of if more dynasty gets commissioned obviously you fix the print file for that that's the next wave fix it and i i honestly don't think that people are going to be pissed off about that like people who are collecting this stuff i because from my point of view and my stance has been be very careful about this card because it was a mistake, first of all, to make it short print. No one's going out there and buying a ton of copies of this, right? Like no one's kind of buying this card out to sit on because there's that risk that they will correct their problem, their their mistake. And I think the vast majority of people are gonna be happy that it gets fixed. And maybe like a one person who bought like a bunch of these at a high price will be upset. But like, who do you really care more about in this case? Collectors should be happy about their cold foils a playable non-foil majestic should be reprinted in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll interject here because uh, I think that there's something really interesting that we can kind of go into if we have a little bit of time to do so is Adam brought up an, a really interesting idea. I think it, it it talks about card games on a bigger level and that's you know what if anything happens what if there's an investigation and all that. Um Rob you're you're pretty invested in cards. <laughs> Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty... Like, I, I remember... Uh, I can't remember what game it was, but I think it was the Marvel Snap beta, and it was they were asking you a questionnaire to see if you could get into the beta. And one of the questions was, is um, is most of your worth in cardboard? Or, like, is most of your personal worth in cardboard? Interesting question, yeah. I know, and I was like, yep. <laughs> you know? They didn't even have to think about it. It's like, yes, so yes, great. sir, it's right here. Yeah, it's like, take me, like, take me into the beta. <laughs> yeah, most, I'm your most man. of... It's like yes, I own more money in cards than I have in my bank account. What else the yeah. fuck? What the fuck else do you want to know? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you can believe yeah. that, Adam. But um, no, it, it does bring up the <laughs> it does bring up the idea of like it is a a wildly unregulated space. Yes, and that opens up like I've, I I we met because I I had gotten scammed out of a uh, I bought a rampart of a ram's head and the guy just took my money and ran right, um and so yep. we met through the Discord because I was I advised you guys like hey be careful there's this guy out there uh and he's scamming people and he scammed a lot of people out of a lot of things, and yeah. so that's how we met the first time which is hilarious. Uh, Aren't you glad he scammed you? <laughs> glad, yeah. Best two hundred sixty dollar investment the, ever. The, the, the real investment, investment, investment. friends we made along the way. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, oh, I met man. you laugh, but I met you. I met Jordan Chu, and I met uh, Frank Hung through that because Frank Hung was the he was managing the Facebook group, uh, the Flab fan Facebook group at the time, I think. Okay. And I advised yeah. him of that that same thing, like, hey, this guy's scamming people. Right, and that that guy since uh, since moved on to MetaZoo, where he's free to scam whoever the hell he wants. And it's funny that uh, you mentioned that because back back then, I will say that the Canadian Discord was kind of like a group of, um, you know, you know, there's an animal in New Zealand that is like living in its own little island, the koakas. They live on yeah. their own little island, no predators. They are just happy to do whatever they want and live prosperously. That's what we were until scammers you, came. <laughs> no, but, it, but but not just that. Like, um, I so it's really interesting because like, and that's kind of the part of the unregulated market. Because fun fact, and this is a little bit of a bummer, I had reported the theft to the police, and they were like, "Too yeah. bad, so sad." They they don't do anything. I, I've seen countless cases. Yeah, they're, they're like, well, "What do you want us bad. to do?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you, I, it cost me two hundred and sixty dollars to make friends and learn a lesson, right? And so well, the lesson's that's pretty cool. important, I guess. <laughs> I guess but. right, and and uh, I found that a lot of people didn't report, but. Going back yeah. into the unregulated and the the you know the gambling the wild, side of things, wild west, of the wild wild west, 
and and like we see this uh, happen a lot where people will like overextend and they'll try to short a a, pro a card specifically right, right. The, and, like that happened yeah. in, in crucible for a while people were like holding on to very specific cards and trying it's, to jack up the price it's been happening um, recently also with dynasty and uh really rising yeah um not just that but the heart of fiendel i have yep. those yeah. It, uh, there are rumors that it's being bought out. Um, no one really knows who. There are some people who are pointing fingers, but uh, that's happening nowadays too. With that's a, really interesting. So with several I, cards. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that brings up a really interesting uh, concept because I like I I fell into the gotcha games pretty hard. Like I have a. Oh, I, have I a, love those games. <laughs> I have a I have a small uh, a small issue sometimes with um, with gambling. You just and go way too hard into it. Yeah. I go way too hard, but I find that like since I've gotten into fab and like I've opened boosters, it kind of that satisfies takes, the itch. It yeah. satisfies the itch for like three months, and I'm like, when when's the next set coming out? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so yeah. it does it does get me like that that thing. But for a while, it didn't, and so I got into gotcha games. And mm. there's that whole concept of because it's unregulated, because card games are a game, and therefore they're you know they appeal to a lot a large amount of people. Right. Um, and you know, although Fab is mostly adults that we play the game, for some reason it's it yeah. seems to be very uh, uh, you know young adults. Um, I think that there's like kind of a responsibility from anybody making any kind of product like this to just be conscientious and and uh, to be conscious of of mm. the the issue that's going on with 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 that and to be fair LSS has addressed that pretty well they're pretty transparent with their product releases they're transparent with what they're doing yep. with the products um and yeah I think a good step forward for them to just yep. make it clear that they're rem remedying stuff is like whenever next set of dynasty comes out we are going to fix the ratio and honest to god i'd pump the ratio up i'd say increase the ratio on surgical just to Bring way more than you need. for what happened yeah, yeah. yeah. whatever should have been printed in first yeah printed in unlimited honestly there shouldn't be any consequence to this card dropping in price at all it's not a collector it's not meant for collectors it is not a cold nope. foil it's for players. It has to be. Not even first yeah. edition anymore. Like, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's no. Fab 2.0. It's a player so, economy. Yeah. It's a player game. It's a player economy. And it should. It, it, they should keep that in mind because there's nothing cooler than going to a tournament and people having the cards they need to play. Absolutely. And it's going to be a popular it, deck coming into Outsiders. Absolutely. So I think it's, it just has to be printed. Be awesome. Especially even a is. reprint. It, if they reprinted in Outsiders, I wouldn't even be that upset. <laughs> no, if that was the only exactly. way they had to correct it, I wouldn't be that upset. I don't know what I'd be. I, I think I know we haven't seen like I think there's one or two maybe cards we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I don't like it, that. it probably won't, I don't it think won't it's happen. In there, I heard somebody <laughs> yeah, joke what if it's happen. what if it's the uh the fable for this set and I was like <laughs> no that'd oh. be worse. <laughs> that'd be worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be totally. awful. I, that it's was like a kind slap of like, to your face. You want more of them? Here's a fable worth five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was like that was that's exactly what happened with Command and Conqueror. You remember yeah, like how true. everybody's like Command and Conqueror being reprinted? Like once we saw the Emperor oh, and Lil, everybody's man. like, holy shit, Command and Conqueror, Command and Conqueror, whoa, 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 like being reprinted. Yeah, praise the sun. And then every and then like LSS is like, yeah, yeah it's coming back, it's coming back. And then so bam, six hundred dollar Marvel. Well, you yeah, know what? Fuck you guys. Not Marvel, but let. At the end of the day, yeah, they can yeah. just inject Fable. as much HP1 as they want into the market. Like, if they keep just slowly printing it, like, Command & Conquer will ne should, in theory, never be... Like, get stupider than it is now, hopefully, fingers crossed. True. Well, you got the... If there are more players, then supply that comes in, it might keep going yeah, up. Yeah, what, what I'm saying is but, LSS has a has a yeah. ethical means to maintain yeah. that balance at this point. So we can, we can have right, some faith right. in the fact that 
like yeah. they're, they're, they they can print the HP one for ten years for all for all we care if the player base keeps growing like yeah. it, and the nice thing about that too like because I'll be honest like when I got into the game I I don't have a, a really a bunch of alpha or anything but I've got a ton of uh, unlimited arc and welcome to wraith and mm-hmm. uh, things that like right now they're 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 obviously that's more expensive than HP one but they're not like astronomically expensive. But if we yeah, no, no. in a world where because I, I think at the end of the day, we could we can say at this point short of some drastic something LSS has done well enough that I think it's it should endure. I, yeah, I, I feel confident. I think there's there's point. no question that the game's going to keep going as long as they keep going the way they are. It'll be there for 10 more years at least. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't so think they're going to slow down in that world. Unlimited yeah. like the unlimited we have becomes beta magic right so it's like exactly so in that world i can with with the way they did it with hp1 me sitting on all my my beta uh, flesh and blood can still feel good about the fact that my investment's even protected like i i'm not threatened by hp1 in the slightest bit but it's a great way to keep supplementing the the new player who goes i i want to play flesh and blood where do i start hp1 absolutely yeah so here here um, and I'm I, 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 I this is like completely off topic, but I've had a chance to meet James White twice by now, right? Um, he cares deeply about his game, which is mm-hmm. good. Um, and and one thing that's really important to keep in mind is that he's someone who worked. I don't know if he worked for Konami or, but he worked with the Yu-Gi-Oh product for a long time. Right. Right. And I don't care if you don't like Yu-Gi-Oh. This is not about the Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's about their their system. Yu-Gi-Oh is a player-based game first, right? Mm-hmm. And so the way that they they're all for reprints. Like you can buy a starter deck and have like I, the equivalent of Commander. I played Yu-Gi-Oh for 15 years of my life, by the way. So I know exactly Ditto. how that game works. They would release the set. There'd be a, a secret rare in the set that yep. is really good, and sells for 100 bucks a pop and you need three of them for your deck next set reprint as a common <laughs> everyone who bought the next starter deck next starter deck, exactly they'll include the yeah. all the pot of whatever in the next set and the next deck and then like people who spent all the money on the original secret rares well then now they're like 10 bucks so no that's but that's the, that's the thing yeah that's the thing but that's the thing so it's not necessarily 10 bucks there's a lot of secrets and stuff that stay really high for a oh, long that's true. time that's true they become right? co- so, more collectibles right and so they become collectible so yeah. there's like the separation between like the cards that are there for the players that that want to integrate and then there's the cards that are there for the legacy players and there's also something in, in Yu-Gi-Oh where like a lot of people will play secret rare decks with all secrets mm-hmm. and just and it's bling kind out of the decks all the way they'll not just bling it out like a lot of these guys are like yeah i was there when that card first came out you know it's kind of a mm-hmm. it's like a almost mental like, like pride hipster kind of feeling thing. it's like i was yeah, there it's before like, I was there you know like my duels are black bordered mother yeah 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 (laughs) so so uh what i meant by going into that tangent is that reprints are good for players although they seem to they tend to to tank um the economy of certain cards they're good for players and i think that james white wants the game to be played like Mm -hmm. their whole philosophy is you know playing great games in in person with people and like it's all about getting people together so i wouldn't be too worried about that and if you're someone who's watching this and doesn't really know what fab is or wants to get into it um the game is growing and it it, cards will become more and more available so don't don't worry about that too much yeah Um, um i'll also just add to that point about collectability is that um if there is a version of the card say alpha final spring tunic there's yeah. no amount of reprints of the HP one that's going to affect the price of that card because Never. it's established itself as a collectible first. People who really like the card might want to play with it, 
but no player is going to come in and say, I need a tunic, I'm going to buy the cold foil one. Uh, because it is absolutely 100% a collectible at this point. And yeah. even if you reprint HP1 Monarch, uh, sorry, Tunic to the Moon, it's not going to affect the Cold Foil Tunic price. So that differentiation is very important in Flesh and Blood. And I think if you're someone yeah. who has Cold Foil Tunics, you shouldn't be upset that they're reprinting it in other sets. No, exactly. Uh, and, and and that's really, um, that's kind of where I want to go into, um, into one of the things that I really wanted to talk on is collecting and the different kind of levels of collecting. And you're the reference for this. You are, you are one of the, 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 what, what's the word that you like using Sherpa? Adam? Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, the... what, what language is that? <laughs> oh, sure. No, sure. It's Sherpa's English, isn't it? It's just like a... That's like, oh, okay. I just had it. Yeah, sure. Like, like a Sherpa is like the... Yeah, you, you hire a Sherpa and you go on a mountain expedition in the Himalayas or something like that. Ah, uh, okay. So your yeah, guide. You, you can be our guide or our Sherpa of, of uh, <laughs> hodling cards to diamond hands. Hodl. Hodling cards to diamond hands. So oh, yeah. there's there's this weird thing. So I, I kind of broke it down to this. In in card games, there's, there's a bunch of different levels of where you are with collecting and playing the game. There's people who are very liquid with their cards. Mm who will, you know, sell a, a deck um, immediately. They'll sell their cards and buy other cards and change decks and whatever, right? Yeah. So that would be, like, the first step. It's, like, super liquid, no hodl. Um, and then there's, like, intermediate hodl, which is <laughs> you have a couple decks, you have a little bit of extra cards. Like, you might have, like, you know, a couple of different classes that you have, like, most of the cards, and you're yeah. holding on to those cards, and then you sell some of the extra cards for other classes. Those are kind of in the middle. And then there's... Um, just under that are the players that tend to have that they want to have like a few sets filled, right? Right. And then you get right under that you have where I think I fit. So okay. which is I want to have everything mm -hmm. that is playable. Um, and maybe I'm a couple steps lower than that, but like I want to have everything that's playable. But I also I don't sell I don't really sell cards. Um, I I have, I have sold cards in the past. But I don't really sell cards. I, I just like holding on to my cards. Mm -hmm. And like I've won some promos. And like one of the things that bugs me about Fab sometimes, and this is like a just, and I, I I'm coming from a point of like point of personal privilege. Uh, <laughs> I you know I don't I don't need to sell the cards to uh, to afford right, other to things. Right to make ends meet. Um, exactly. Yeah. So so that's that's something I'm very aware of. I'm fortunate that I, I get to hold on to these cards because I don't need to sell them to to make money right. for for other stuff. But a lot of people are playing for the promos because they want to sell the promos for the, for the cash, yeah. right? Um, and that's gotten to a point where, like, in ProQuests, um, like, I finished third in the ProQuest, and then I, I – so I lost my game, and, and I was playing for the invite. I lost my game, and I'm like, okay, whatever, that's fine. And then I saw both players in the finals argue about who got the gold foil because they both didn't want the invite. Mm. And that made me unbelievably angry. Um, and I get it. Like, I get it. The cards are worth a lot of money and, and like money is money. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. um, as a player who like, I've got most of the cards to, for the game. I, the, the, the cards that I've won, like I have a, a full art tunic that I, I've won from a row to Nats. I have, and I, I keep those, I've kept those cards, right? Um, actually I've kept those cards under a recommendation from you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like, yeah. no, don't sell it, dude. What are you doing? Cause I, I thought of selling it. I'm like, it's worth a thousand dollars. I should sell it. And you're like, no, 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 don't sell it. If anything, I, get it graded. I honestly, at that time I was seeing so much interest for the card and knowing they weren't going to print it again. I was like, there's no way this goes lower. Like just 
keep just it for, for a little it. while. Yeah, yeah. I would like just to hold on to it. That I am the one who told you not to sell your Icelander, though. Just yeah. You you are yeah. That's you're the one. one. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah yeah. So so okay. I'll I'll, I'll you know what I'll, I'll I'll pass the buck to Adam in a minute here, and I'll, I'll get some cards and put them on the stream. I'll do some flexing, and then you can like destroy me with that one card later. Um. So what I meant to say was like when you're when you're starting to play um most card games a lot of players tend to be that that liquid player or like have a deck or two and they you know they have a small collection um and there's there's kind of a leveling up process that happens between that and and getting to the point where you are which is like very high-end collecting uh mm -hmm. you know putting putting uh getting stuff graded graded right. and all that and i feel like a lot of people don't are really scared about getting into grading. There's like yeah. this this weird disconnect of, and I even I wasn't sure. Like I didn't really know how to do it. I didn't know yeah. how it worked. Well, honestly, um, it oh. is a bit daunting if you don't know what you're like where you're gonna be looking for the procedure. Um, it's it's scary because you're sending your cards to the states. Yeah. If if you want to get do grading properly, you have to send it to the states. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't really deal with Canadian companies because if you're someone buying a card in the States and you see like a, a grading company that you don't recognize, you're not going to buy the card, right? So yeah. I think that the process and the shipping and the logistics of it, it's scary. Well, I'll give you a good example. So uh, Adam and I, we have a player that, that we love, a guy called Oscar Gomez. You've probably met him before. Um, mm. he, great player, he great bell? guy. But yeah, I don't know yeah, if I met him he, in person. Golden Gomez uh, you, on Discord. Oh, sorry, Golden. Yeah, of course. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yes, yes. Golden Gomez. So um, Oscar is a great dude, and he is the proud owner of. It's either a 9.5 double quad, or it might be a 10 actually. Is an M Marvel Emperor. So he has a quad plus plus, I guess. So like, I think uh, so. I think it's a quad plus plus. Two like nine five, and two tens. Yeah, okay, so that so. might be the best in the world, actually. That's a BGS, he has a or is it PCG? Uh, it's a PCG. Um, okay. I, I could find it. Oscar could send it to us later. But he is okay. the proud owner of a very highly graded uh, Marvel Emperor, Marvel which he Emperor. plays with. It's 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 slab, oh. but but nice. he plays with it. Uh, so he was he he came to me and he's like, hey, how does grading work? Because he wanted to get it graded. Mm. And so I kind of gave him the spiel that you had given me. It's like, <laughs> go on this, you know, check this out. Be careful where you send it. Make sure you get insurance and all that. And right. he sent it out. Everything went well. And then he got it back and he got slapped hard by duties. Import. Import. Yeah, that, that shouldn't happen. smashed by that import. That shouldn't happen. Uh, because, because, because it's a, a service. Yeah, no, it's did. not that. So he had written around. He had, I think, he, he had put in the wrong HS code, or, or no, PCG sending it back used. The, there was an issue with the HS code, and it wasn't identified properly, and he, yeah. it was covered for insurance up to like two thousand dollars, and so oh. he got slapped with like fifteen percent duties you should, you on that. You should be able to value. dispute that, though, I believe. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. Um, but like, yeah. So actually, uh, yeah. to tie cool. into that too, I, I sent in my. So I was at Worlds in San Jose. I gave PCG my cold foil tunic that was signed by James White, and they shipped it back to me like a week later. So, yeah. uh, but when it was coming back to me, I got a phone call by FedEx, and they were like, "Hey, there's there's this card or this package that they're declaring." So I actually got insurance for it uh, of like three thousand bucks US, and when they sent it back, um, they used that as a declared value of the of the card of the package. Yeah. And FedEx was actually upset that they did that because. When I explained to them what it was, it was a card grading that I had imported myself when I went there to San Jose, and they're returning it to me. FedEx said that um, they labeled it incorrectly at PCG, they and did. then it yeah. should not have been a purchase, which is what it was oh, labeled oh, at, geez. and it should not be valued at three thousand bucks. So they were going to customs me for like I don't know, like a thousand bucks, roughly like that. So. Yeah. 
I, I got it I got it fixed with them over the phone before they even shipped it. So the great on them to call me about it because it seemed weird. Um, but yeah, PCG is not doing it properly because every time I've shipped to BGS, I've never got hit by customs. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything Let's bad about up Matt PCG Rogers and <laughs> yeah, Matt, get in here, Matt. Uh, so yeah, no, I don't want to say anything bad about PCG because I I. I think what a lot of the things, one thing that happens a lot is when you're sending something to BCG, you have to write the right HS code. And then mm -hmm. if you do uh, an HS code that's the proper thing, they will, like, I get charged for the duty and taxes on the service. Exactly. That's exactly how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but but sometimes, you know, and then a lot of players, I think they, they're afraid of that because when you see a bill come in for like $800 for, for mm. you're like, you know, you lose it. So one thing is if you yep. want to get into grading, um, I'm sure there's a bunch of videos out there and how to, how to do it. Just know that, you know, it's not as scary as you'd think. Yeah. It's not as scary as you think. Despite our horror up, stories, it's not as bad. our horror stories, it's not yeah. as bad as you think. Like, and you end up getting like, I, I just, because Adam pointed it out, I'm gonna show it. Like, I, I just got this back. Uh, this is my Icelander that I won in Ottawa uh, at the ProQuest last, uh, last season. I should but get my got a nine. rated. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it got an 8.5 on surface, unfortunately. Nah, but surface, that's uh, a rare one. Yeah, it is a rare one. It's it's uh, it's the back. It's really rough. Um, oh, okay. So and then I this is my you know my pride my pride and joy my my extended art tunic. But um, oh damn, I what I, also, I do have a Marvel Crown of Dominion. I should get that uh, graded too. I think that that'd be a that's fun really one cool. That's a cool one. That's a cool one. You know what? Um, it, it's so, funny because when I opened it, I was like. Oh man, and then it like immediately like started reaching out to people. I was like, "How should I feel about this value wise?" Just out of curiosity, I have no desire of selling it. And people are like, "Hundred and fifty dollars, maybe." And I'm starting to yeah. think I'm like, which I just based off like the hype around Dynasty, I get why. Like I'm not upset about it, but it's just funny to think. Yep, this thing is like up there with the Marvel Emperor in rarity and right. It is, yeah. Wah, wah. Yeah, in rarity, but not in not in prints. Yeah, like not, no, not, not in, in prints um, value. Scarcity. Yeah, but it's yeah, true. It is a legendary. That's Marvel version of it, right? Yeah. So, but so, it's. Yeah. I think it's once again one of those things. Five, ten, or ten plus years. Who knows where it could be, right? Yeah. Exactly. So going Sorry to back keep interrupting in, you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're part of this, man. Like, um, but <laughs> one of the things that, like, going what we're talking about grading and and stuff. I wanted to ask you because we had a conversation when I was in Ottawa uh, for the, one of the ProQuests that I, mm -hmm. I really I thought was interesting and I wanted to bring it back up is you we were talking about having cards and there's like there's a weird kind of place you have to get to where you're like okay I'm gonna take a step back and just mm. hold on to these cards right right because right. I think one thing that anybody who's ever played card games is oh, I wish I had kept. Oh, I wish I like I sold this playset of Gaia's Cradles mm -hmm. at like two hundred each, right? <laughs> Which for me was a lot of money at the time. I was like seventeen What's or something, right? A thousand plus each. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I sold yeah. a set of Cradles at like a couple, like two hundred and forty each. Like I think I ended up getting something like a thousand dollars for the playset, which at mm. the time was a lot of money. I had paid like seventy dollars each, so I was like, man, this right. is great. I sold Honestly, Diamond for three hundred. If, if you regret that, I say you shouldn't, because making three hundred percent profit on a single sale is like way better than you can do in like stocks, and you know, like you shouldn't feel bad about making the profit on that, even though it did go higher, because at the time it was a good idea to sell. No, it was, it was, and at the time I needed the money. Like I sold my elves, yeah. my Legacy Elves deck, and bought a car. Yeah, you know like, what honestly, I mean? like, no, it, no regrets. Like if you sell something and you make money on it, and you needed the money, like don't feel bad about that. Yeah, but I, I, what I meant—that's a good point. Where I want, 
to go. I, I I do agree. That's a that's a really good point. Like and like profit is profit. Um, well, and especially sorry, Sean. Right. Especially because like it's so easy to get caught up in the trap of what ifs, right? Like exactly. Yeah. exactly. So it's like yeah. you you like yeah you could have always done better, but you can't beat yourself up over doing well. A hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. So, so. And 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 in this like in this unregulated market of card games. Mm-hmm. I hate to bring crypto in with card games that, like, I think that, like, they're so set, they're very separate. <laughs> Get that. Have shit you heard of NFTs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about NFTs? I have a board yeah. ape. You want to buy it? <laughs> um, yeah. So, but what I want to, wh- wh- why I'm bringing the idea of crypto in is like, it's I find that there's, there are similarities, um, kind of. There are similarities, and I, I think that, like, and I, I don't think anybody should ever get into crypto. I think it's a, it's a horrible idea. But unless you got into Bitcoin kind of, at the beginning. <laughs> yeah yeah they'll, yeah they'll tell you otherwise man i made millions <laughs> uh, yeah no yeah. i agree but i agree it's it's a risky investment it's it's what the I highest meant... risk there is i think besides Ooh. collectibles and <laughs> card games but, yeah. but at the end of the yeah, day yeah, like, yes card... we've potentially made money but we're all doing this because we just we enjoy it at the end of the day right we enjoy it we play right. with the cards like there's a yeah. there's a hobby part of it and, and so yeah what Community, i meant by community, that there's a whole ecosystem i mean like especially in Canada and you're a big part of that and, and Adam's going to go into that like the Canadian discord and all that but like mm-hmm. there's a there's a big community but where why I'm I'm bridging the gap between you know the idea of crypto stuff is in card games like anything whenever there's there's something that comes out or cards that tend to go up if you're someone who's eager and trying to force uh value and buying out cards to try and force value mm-hmm. Oftentimes you can be stuck holding a bag, which is what ends up happening in you know, a lot of you know the pump and dump and crypto and stuff. And yeah. so, I think the idea of like holding onto cards that you've gotten at a good value is, is good. But sometimes the issue is a lot of people will get into card games and they'll buy mm-hmm. like they'll buy these for like, like top, $2, top of the line. Yeah. Yeah, they'll buy these for two thousand dollars a pop and buy five of them, and then yeah. they'll buy it off credit. You know, yep. and then the card just stag- in hopes that it goes up so they can make their money back, right? Yeah, and then the card stagnates. So, what I meant by like talking about holding cards and all that is, I'm more into organic holding, like the cards that I get and I open and stuff. I, I keep, right. and then, but I'm not like over leveraging myself. Like, and you haven't of cards. maxed out credit cards to buy these cards, Never. and there's no and there's no pressure to you selling them. Basically. No, exactly. There's none. So that was kind of what I wanted to put on you is yeah. as someone who's really involved in the game and all that, like, what do you think the best way for anybody to get into, you know, mm-hmm. to get into this? Uh, as as a, like, high-end collector? Not or... a high-end collector. Okay, uh, okay. Someone who's like, I play Flesh and Blood every week. I, I have a small collection. What do I do with these cards? What would be your best advice? Interesting. Okay, so... From my own um, experience, the cards that I did get, and the reason I was able to hold on to them for so long, is because I got them fairly cheap. Like, back in the crew days, even before then, um, I had a lot of cards that were open from, from packs that I had bought for, like, 100 bucks a box, right? So, you're ta- I'm talking, like, coal foil tunic that I got for, like, 100 bucks because I bought a box of Alpha and opened it. Uh, just from australia because it wasn't available anywhere else so buy product open it play with my wife we both liked it and then i had these cards so to me the cost basis of those cards was very low so that fueled me to be able to keep to keep the cards right if i needed the money back then if there was a big purchase coming up um i likely would have sold off because like you can't blame people for needing money and if you need the money it's never the wrong time 
to sell, right? Like he, yeah. If you need it, you need it. So that was that was where where I came from, and um, probably the biggest reason why I had that collection in the first place. I didn't just cash out my bank account, take fifty grand, buy, put it yeah, into alpha boxes. cards. That that wasn't me. Um, so yeah, it was organic the way it came about. Um, and so most of the most of the decisions I make today in selling cards is. A, do I have an attachment to the card? Um, if I don't, that's probably a good reason to sell it if I want to buy other things. So there's there's no harm in selling cards that you have to be able to buy other cards. I think that's actually a very healthy way to cycle the, the hobby. Um, if you're someone who goes deck to deck and you want to try out Assassin, you buy the cards, it doesn't really work out for you, you sell the cards off, buy something else. That's a very good way to cycle the money and cycle the cards that you've you've accumulated in the game. Um, if you're someone who likes to get every playset um, and make a master collection, like I know, I know several people, uh, you included Sean, who have yeah, uh, no, master yeah. sets. You, you as yeah, well, yeah. exactly. So people yeah, who does, get yeah. every every set because they want to have the cards at their disposal to play every deck out there. Uh, obviously, there's no harm in that. But then when it comes time to selling, <laughs> what do you sell? <laughs> right? Yeah, you can't it's, sell anything. You can't break the master set at that point. So. In some ways, yeah. it's dangerous, and once you sell one thing, then you gotta sell the rest because it's like you've already broken it. So, um, I, I think that, you know, if if you do have extras, if you're opening product, and you have extras, and you wanna sell the extras to to put into other cards, other decks, that's a very healthy thing to do. And actually, most people do that that I know of. Um, a lot of people who don't have the means to like get everything, they'll just open a few boxes, get stuff they want, trade off to locals, right? So. You know, I have this extra surgical. I'll trade it for you if you do other majestics, right? And there's no like, it's it's more of a community building thing than a penny counting. You know, like um, I got to get exactly how much money this is worth, right? Yeah. Like I'm not I'm, I'm going to sell it overseas because I don't want I want to make the most money possible. So I, I think that um, it it when it comes down to community, trading is probably the best thing you can do, honestly. So. Uh, and we do that pretty often at my LGSs here um, with like, you know, Benson, uh, yeah. those guys, like we bring our binders and like we often just kind of look through and say, hey, you know, I need this I card. Do you want to? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I guess just like bottom line, um, like do what makes you comfortable. First of all, there's no real right way to do it. Um, yeah. If you got if you hit, if you're trying to make money off of it the best advice I can give is sell when, when there's profit, don't hold on to the what ifs. If you bought a card for a hundred, it goes to 200 bucks. You don't care about the card, offload it, buy something else with it. You made hundred percent profit. That's way more than, you know, that's, that, that's a very good benchmark. If you're looking at yeah, profits, yeah. doubling your money on a card is, is really good. So don't feel bad. Don't get hung up on the what ifs. Um, yeah. So what, what makes you comfortable, hold on to what you has more sentimental value to you. And I think you'll do really well, honestly. So don't hoard everything for the sake of hoarding. Is my is my point. <laughs> That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. So I, I so what you're telling me is I, I should sell my cold foil briar because I don't care for it. Well, <laughs> honestly, if she LLs out soon, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, but get her get her out. Rosetta, get it, get them out. <laughs> I I've personally gone through a transformation in my collecting uh, about a year, uh, half a year ago, where I've been selling things I don't care as much about, and I go for the big ticket items that I really do care about. Um, like I I recently bought uh, like a cold foil Ira um from Ooh. from nationals actually there oh, was you, an event that carta magica uh, the set up for that. the 
I bought it. Oh yeah, you probably heard about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like, yeah, and yeah, those guys are all in my locals, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I ended up buying the card uh, from from those guys, and it's a card that I really regretted selling about a year ago, because uh, I, I initially had one from way back when it came out. It was like I bought it for like a thousand bucks, and then it jumped to like yeah. five thousand. I was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, I should probably sell this now because like I didn't really care about it. But then. Now I'm going back to it like, man, I really wish I kept that card. So I ended up dishing out some cash to buy another one. And that's a card that I want to keep now for a long time. I want to get it graded eventually because it looks really, really nice. Um, but I'm moving soon. So I don't want to grade something and then have it get sent to the wrong oh, address. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. what's been holding me back from grading. Uh, but anyway, my, my collecting nowadays is I go for what I... I go for the playsets because I want to build decks for Spark of Genius. I want to play with Eric. But... For collecting wise, I go for what I like the most. Uh, I'm not gonna get everything anymore. Yeah, I think it's a really good piece of advice: is do what you like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. If, if, exactly. In the day, if what's making it's a you hobby happy. after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I yeah, also yeah. go ahead, Sean. No, 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 no. Absolutely, knock yourself out, man. Uh, the other part I want to highlight because you did talk about like the you brought up the the scenario of the you know the guys who've got their credit cards maxed out and they're trying to make a profit off yeah. this and like yeah if you are like if you are that person I mean that I do feel that's risky behavior and if you can make it work for you and do it responsibly but in the in in the world of yeah. like you're you're stressing about do i sell something do i keep it like rob says if, if you need the money you need the money and don't feel bad about that yeah. Yeah. but you can also if you exactly. don't need the money and you just don't know what to do with it like you can also take comfort in the fact that like if you don't need the money you can just like yeah being being aware of your situation and, and just if, if yeah. you're doing things comfortably there's no harm in that and there's no need to feel and, um, in that especially and i can our... bring another go ahead uh, I was going to say I can bring up another really big example of that is when I got the BGS 10 shard, right? Um, when I got that, it was, of course, the only one in the world, and I was being pulled left and right for that card. Like, that was at, like, when Fab was at its, I would say, peak popularity yeah. in terms of, like, monetary Investor. value for cards, right? Yeah, the, all, most of the investors were still in it, and I was being pulled on one side where it was, like, from personal, like, for, from friends who were saying, don't sell the card because it's a one one in, in in the whole world like it's a one of a kind and then others who are saying like you're crazy to pass up on this card now like you know sell it immediately and i i ended up selling it of course because i felt like um i liked the card but it wasn't like my my centerpiece of like i mean it's where i got my namesake i guess but it was like <laughs> it, yeah it's not what i liked the most from my collection let's put it that way so i ended up making i personally i do think it was a good decision still at the time even though it's still a, it's still one in in the world. There's no other BGS tens, but um, it was like financially a really good decision, and oh, yeah. I don't I don't regret selling it one bit. Um, even though I missed the card, it, it was the, I think it was kind of objectively the right thing to do <laughs> for for yeah. anyone, um, because like it, you know, you, you can't really pass up on that kind of profit in my opinion, unless unless you're like super well established and that's what you're going for. You're going for the best in the world and you want to have like a world class collection that you want to keep for 10, 20 years. Uh, I might be okay, but I, I was at a point where I had to make a really tough decision. And I think I made it responsibly. Um, I, I didn't hold on to it because I think the same card today would probably be worth like maybe half of what it was when I sold it. So, yeah, you know, and if I really needed the money, I would have been hitting myself for not selling it back then. <laughs> No, I absolutely, and I and I think like 
I, I that idea of like is it something that you really care about like my tunic my extended art tunic like that's, I've been I think I've that's been, number one that's number one I've been yeah. like I've been asked for like so many people have asked to buy this off me and I just I refuse and it's just because mm. it, it was my first tournament first big tournament win for Fab yeah. and it kind of set the trend for me it, it playing Fab competitively and and you know and I and I look at it sometimes and I, whenever I doubt myself like am I a good player. Because if you're like yeah. if you're like Adam and yeah. me, and you know like um, not not that you're not a great player, Rob, but like if you're like a really like someone who's really punishing yourself on like when you don't mm. perform, um, right. it, it, you have to have something to ground you, and like mm. and I'll I'll look at that tunic and be like I I know I've got it. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Mm. Like I'll look at my There's gold the, foils. the proof in the card. Yeah, I'll look at my gold foils that I that I freaking won because I played yeah. for them. And I'll look at my Icelander and I'll look at my tunic and I'll go, <laughs> I know I'm capable. I'll look at my Yorix and my my thing. And like, I went to the mm -hmm. pro tours. I know I'm capable. And those cards are not going anywhere unless right. I end up winning the money. But like, exactly. Yeah. Those are the proof of my freaking pudding is that, <laughs> you know, I, I'm capable and stuff. So that, those yeah. cards are very sentimental to me. And the cost um, basis of the cards are near zero, right? <laughs> there oh, you near go. zero. I mean, weeks and the weeks entry, and weeks the of The entry testing. cost. Oh, that, your time. Okay, yeah, your time, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, your time. But the entry time. to the ProQuest, 30 bucks. Like, that's yeah, what they were. So, yeah, exactly. uh, honestly, like, pressure's off at that point. You didn't yeah, invest yeah. thousands of dollars in these cards. You're not going to go broke if they go down to zero, right? It's like, you, you have no risk to keep them. They're sentimental. And eventually they can go way higher than they are right now so you i think you yeah, have absolutely. everything to gain and like nothing to lose by holding them really no exactly exactly and um that was a lot of good advice and i don't really think i like i'm really i'm trying to think like what else can i bug you with because like you're you're such a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to collecting <laughs> um I'm going to yeah. pass it on to Adam because we want to talk we're going to go away a little bit from collecting because all the insight that we've gotten here is is like chef's kiss uh but adam um you're like rob you're such a big part of canadian fab you're such a big part of the discord um you're involved with uh casting battle hardened casting nats mm. uh that's fun yeah <laughs> it was yeah I, I love casting adam and i love casting so uh, adam can i let you take the lead on on, on talking about canadian uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Canadian and fab. You know what? So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this. Uh, I'm gonna I guess start off by telling a little story about when I um, first get into Flesh and Blood because uh, I I first hear about it when I, I I've kind of skirted around the story a few times, but I'll just Cole's notes quickly. I first find out about Flesh and Blood when CFB picks it up, uh, Channel Fireball, mm. and uh, <laughs> I and I have no clue like and I think. It, before that, I had seen something in a Reddit post once about somebody complaining about magic and being like, I'm going to go to Flesh and Blood, and I didn't think anything of it at the time. And, like, this would yeah. have been quite close to Flesh and Blood's, like, initial launch in 2019. And then CFB picks it up, and that's when I really hear about it. And uh, I, I first take interest in it, of course, from not a, not a huge uh, finance perspective, but, like, I'm seeing I'm seeing things are worth some money and I'm I'm curious about what's going on there. So that that's mm. kind of what pulls me into flesh and blood. And then I get my hands <laughs> on some Welcome to Race Unlimited when that comes to North America. Uh, and then from because we're they, then like we're in a pandemic is the reality. So from from when I get my hands on that in November of uh, 2019 to February of 
2020 essentially i i kind of live in this little dark world where i i'm really excited about flesh and blood and i want to play but there's no armories going on and i, I didn't know what to do yeah and so then uh then skirmish season one gets in it and i find out about this through channel fireball oh. of course skirmish season one yeah. goes online and i start hearing about the idea that people are actually playing on webcams and i had no idea at this time and so yeah, then those I start, were the days yeah i start Man. to do some i start to do some investigating good old and, days yeah and uh start to you know i, I find a, a skirmish and and get myself a, a webcam and uh, everything i need to do it and <laughs> and i play I, I hop in this and at this point i i don't know about this global community yet that i that i, I haven't tapped into but I, mm. I i'm in this skirmish and uh there's people like we're in a lobby and people are talking about like getting xp and all this stuff and i'm like oh man i have, I have no clue what any of them are talking <laughs> no about idea what's oh, going on. i remember the there's like six, xp si yeah oh, six goodness. xp yeah. that was that was the big deal six xp and that I was had, the, the multiplier yeah. yeah and i had no it's idea huge. what they're talking about but then uh during that skirmish i believe this is february 27th of 2020 at this point uh if i the, the date's locked in my head that's how big of a deal this is to me yeah. i um somebody uh, uh somebody um goes well there's there's the canadian discord and i'm like what, what do you what's the canadian discord and they're like well there's this whole yeah. uh, they, they didn't really take the time to explain to me virtually they sent me a link and i hop in and poof, all of a sudden it's like holy crap there's this entire community I, ecosystem, ecosystem <laughs> yeah that i had no yeah. idea existed and i uh i remember like that night it, the funny thing about that day was the next day i had to work and uh <laughs> i uh um i had to get up super early but i i could like i was so excited i couldn't go to sleep that night i think i stayed up to like 12 or 1 playing games with somebody on on webcam or something That's like awesome. that but it was and that like that that moment is so impregnated in my mind and then within the next couple of days, I'll be honest, like your name that way. I always get my cry <laughs> that way. Uh, <laughs> right, your name starts mirrored. popping up right away. Like people, cause I think right around that time you would, you, I think yeah, you had the shard. Um, I remember and you quite possible. Yeah. yeah. You didn't, um, you, Either I, I believe you just gotten it back, or you. I no, I think you hadn't right. even gotten it back yet. You you had just found out about the grade. Maybe I, everybody's freaking I, out the about the grade. Yeah, everybody's yeah, freaking yeah. out about. But I remember like the, the 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 conversation about how it's it wasn't a black label at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, yeah. But still, <laughs> yeah. it was just like insane. Like, and that was my my first moment, kind of immersing myself into this community and getting to mm. really experience the community of tcgs and to that point right. um i mean on that note like while i'm gushing uh uh you i will say thank you because like you were a big part of establishing that you i believe were one of like i said one of the co-founders of that uh discord and how many people are in it? that's got to be a few thousand i think we're uh, we're hitting 1600 i think okay. uh, uh i believe i believe we are the second largest discord in in the world behind the uh, the international discord the purple discord exactly purple. germany and france they're like 1.2 1.3 i think we're, we're leading up on those guys for a little by a little bit uh, nice. but i i remember the days when uh so i i adam just like you i was playing the game with my wife tabletop for for months um this was back 
in I think it was February of 20 I want to say 2020 it must have been 2020 when Arcane was out Arcane had just come out I was buying boxes overseas playing just kitchen table uh, no one in Canada had the, had the game uh, besides like a select no. few um, and I remember my only communication with other players was through Facebook and through the fan page and through people who were in the States and Australia and New Zealand. Um, there were no Canadians around me who were playing it. So I think that when the idea for the Discord came up, uh, that was huge for me because it, it allowed me to have a place where I could have conversations with locals in, in, you know, in my area um, and to be able to have kind of looks like the sprouting community come out pretty much from nothing. And I was there when they were like, I think three or four people in the discord at that point. Wow. And I remember maybe you guys know someone who goes by the name of, uh, Kodachi for one on the discord. So Nia Tran, uh, you, Adam, you probably know him, uh, from, uh, from the events that we went to, but oh, yeah, I, yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. Shout out to, yeah. yeah. So we were just playing, we were just sm smashing games on, on discord, just like, you know, almost every day, just, just, I remember his his uh, his katsu build against my dash. That was the thing we would do like over and over again, and so that was revolutionary for me. And um, I think the the experience I had back then is what propelled me to keep going for as long as I have. There's um, one of the the things that we talk about a lot on the podcast, and and, and I think it's any any flesh and blood podcast. There's something very special about the community for this game. Mm -hmm. Oh, and hands down, yeah. If you've played card games for, you know, like you said, you played Yu-Gi-Oh for 15 years and like there's just like I was never example. part of any community for that. <laughs> to be and honest. Not just, and not just that, like, uh, you know, those communities, oftentimes you go to stores and there's like aggression. There's like a hostility there. Yeah, there it's, is it's just weird. Like, for example, dude, like you, you got a card like let's not mince words. You sold a card for like a very significant amount of money in any right. other card game. That would not have been a public thing. Hmm. No one would have like advertise. It wouldn't have been like that. as celebrated, I guess, as it was. It wouldn't well, have been celebrated. Would have been a lot of resentment, I bet you. Yeah, absolutely. There would have been a lot of there would have been a lot of anger and stuff. Like I, I I've seen it firsthand, right? It's like, oh well, yeah, mm. of course you got that card. And then like even people questioning like the legitimacy of like you owning that card, like that happens in a lot of card games. And it's like, okay. yeah. So the fact that yeah. you know, hey, I got this back, and then everybody's freaking out and happy for you and happy mm. for. You know, just like, hey, I can't believe a Canadian has this. This is a Canadian card. And like, I, there's just this like. It helps that we're all adults in this game. <laughs> I think it, it does. Our mature community yeah. is it, wonderful. Yeah, we, we are. Yeah, yeah, very mature. Yeah. Like I've I've seldom seldomly like played against players who like I think I've, I've had like two bad interactions with players and. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily because there were bad people. They might have just been having a bad day. I've right. lost my temper once or twice because I, I, I have problems. Uh, but like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I think that we have such a welcoming and beautiful community for the game. And that comes down to even like you've gone to bigger events. Like even uh, when I went to Pro Tour, uh, both Lil and, and New Jersey. New Jersey. Like, yeah. The, the 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 ceremony the night before, like the the ball. The, what's what do you the, call it? Uh, welcome. Yeah, the yeah, I forget the name or whatever. Banquet. This is called the banquet. The banquet. Yeah. yeah, the banquet. Like I got to sit down and talk with James White for like ten minutes. Yeah, I think he he That's might great. be a big That's... part of why the community is so great, in my opinion. He 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 welcomes almost everybody who approaches him for conversation. And I I've yeah. been in a few of those like lines where you go and get a mat and get it signed, right? And like he will talk to you for like five ten minutes about just anything. He'll he'll show so much enthusiasm to what you have to say. 
so I got uh, when we were in in, um, in Lille. I I kind of I caught him at a I was at a bakery that was a really good bakery near the, mm. the center, and he kind of just walked in, and I said, oh, I'll come and see you at your booth later. And then I came and see at the yeah. booth, and I walked into the booth and I said, hey, he goes, oh, you were you know you were the guy from. I said, yeah, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. The bakery and stuff. I said, did you end up getting the the the, the pain au chocolat? Oh you know, yeah, the uh, recommended me. <laughs> right. It was really good. Yeah. So, um, so we ended up talking. I said, it must be really surreal for you because mm-hmm. he's just a guy. This is his baby. The, you know, this it's game that... is something he's been working on for a decade almost. It is, but yeah. he's just a guy. And what I mean by he's just a guy, it's like you can tell by Adam, you might laugh at this. Do you remember when we were at, at Pro Tour Lil and then the calling came and the day of the morning of? He was reading his like speech thing from his phone. He's like, you know, it's all about bringing the game like like. Together and he the had given us blood. the same exact <laughs> speech. He had given us the same yeah, spiel yeah, yeah. the night before. And I'm like, this guy is just like a guy who's like, he's involved in this and he's trying to figure it out, and and he's kind of going with it. So I, I came to him and I said, this must be surreal for you. Like, he, and he goes, man, you have no idea. Yeah. He goes like, yeah. I I don't know what what this is, but like he goes, I like I'm a goddamn rock star to, to like, to, <laughs> like it, it almost feels like he's a rock star. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, I, good for you. Um, but there's a humanity there, and and he cares about this so deeply yeah. that I think that sense of community like branches out into all of the little pockets of communities, and ca- Canada yeah. is a really strong community. It's and you could see it by the people that are at the helm of these different things like the people that are yeah. running podcasts and running discords like your discord that you're running like i i remember when i got introduced it was first it was you jordan uh, and even mm-hmm. like if you look at outside of that and you look at other actors in the scene like everybody that's involved with flesh and blood is is so positive even the collectors and invent well i guess they have to be but i would say that like even the people who are who would normally be very behind the scenes in this kind of thing, they're yeah. very at the forefront of community. Uh, yeah. Like Saints, you have uh, James Curry, who's always there commenting on stuff. Um, yeah. You got like, uh, of course, uh, Unsealed, Fab, Fab Unsealed too. Like, you know, they're they're huge collectors, but they're they're so now is very integrated into the community, right? So they I, are, I think yeah. that that's a big difference to to a lot of communities and TCGs. And if you had um, and I'm gonna put you on the spot again because I like doing that. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, no, totally fine. <laughs> being, a, being kind of a community leader and, and you know being a, a successful podcaster for the game and um, in your own you know in your own merits and all that. Is there something that you would tell players that are or haven't really found Fab yet who you know might be playing a game that they're bored with uh, or just playing it because of a habit? Is there a, a, a something you would tell them to be like, hey? It's like we have cookies. Honestly, um, I probably wouldn't even touch on the financial aspect of it, right? I'd be no, just no, be no. like, yeah. I would. Uh, I've told a few friends that you know, and the people who I've eventually roped into the game that this this game I think is something special, um, and people who go, come in from other games, they sense it right away. Uh, they they know that this is a game that's going to last. And it's it's led by people who care about their product and care about the players at the forefront of, of their mission. And um, I would tell them that first, it's a damn good game. <laughs> like there's is, no yeah, yeah. there's no sugarcoating that. It's like this this is a fantastic game, and it's a game that 
you know, my wife doesn't even like TCGs, but she plays this game, <laughs> which is like, to me, very interesting. Uh, I didn't that's really. A, that's a big honor. Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's not fair. It is. Yeah, yeah. And she loves just mashing brute and just loves the RNG aspect. <laughs> so I think this game has something for everybody. Um, the decks that it has are very refined and very unique. If you if you like control, if you like more like back and forth interaction, if you like aggressiveness, if you like RNG, you know, it's got everything. And um, I think yeah. that just kind of when you're playing the game, um, it's different than Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't play Magic, so I don't know about Commander, but I heard it's similar to Commander where you have your hero and then you have like everything around that. So Flesh and Blood, it's kind of like you're integrating yourself as as the hero of, of the game, right? So that, that that's a very big part of it for me. It's really cool because you can kind of like, you can focus on one specific hero and you can kind of like work on that yeah. hero, get all the cards for that hero, get all the nice shiny stuff for that hero. It feels very personalized. Whereas in other games, you might not get that. So that's a big selling point that I bring up. I also, um, you know, I, the financial stuff is secondary, but it is true that you, you can't deny how much some of these stuff have cards are worth. Um, so if you end up pulling something nice from a booster box, well, you can sell it back and continue putting that money into other cards, into other sets. Yeah. So the, mm -hmm. the, the hobby can fund itself with a bit of luck. But with a bit of luck. It, Which, it's a plus. you know, play, play uh, you know, Play uh, carefully, kids. Don't don't overdo it. Yeah, it's not uh, like um, like other games where uh, like like living card games where you buy a set but you can't sell it back because like uh, I don't know if you guys no heard value, of Netrunner. Yeah. So you buy the the set, yeah. you get all the cards for it, but you can't keep using that to fuel other purchases because it's all just sunken cost as soon as you buy it. So yeah. that's what I like about TCGs in general. Actually, it, it can fuel purchases for other sets eventually. There's a living economy to it. That's, exactly. that's, that's pretty good. Just um, the hero thing is a big thing also. Like there is something mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. There is something to, to tickle your pickle regardless and of I would what say, you like. <laughs> I, and I also think the biggest thing is just the community and the people in charge really care. Um, yeah. On a tangent, I don't know if you guys have kept up with MetaZoo at all. Uh is that a curse word on this on this podcast? No, like, uh, no. Uh, you shall not be named. <laughs> um, no, no. But no. brief point. I'm just gonna say the person running it is just doing a terrible job um, because he censors every criticism that comes out from his player base. You say one wrong thing and you get banned from Discord, and that's the hundred percent the truth. <laughs> that is, so, yeah, no. I mean, he, look, I. Oh man, there's a, there's a duality there. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a pretty hardcore tangent here, um, and we might have to cut this, but we'll see. So, <laughs> I have a really strong I have a really strong opinion on card games because I've, I'm someone who's been working on on card games for a while, and I, I I was developing a game called Wardens, which was a very similar game to oh, Fab. I didn't, I was I didn't know that. Uh, we can go into the long story of, at some point, but I was developing a game called Wardens, which was a hero-based uh, creatureless card game, a la Fab, right? And this was something I worked I was working on in 2016 all the way until 2019 when fab came out and i went oh well oops uh, uh and so i stopped working that's, on that's, it. So, that's such a shame. It's, it's okay I'm, I'm cool with it um yeah. but i have an opinion because i i i i love card games i've, I've developed a bunch of card games like i'm a card game design hobbyist mm -hmm. uh, and i just love card games i've played so many like flake and i were having like a, a count off of like how many games we've played because <laughs> flake is famously has played a shit ton of card games yeah so yeah. i i love card games and there's something very obvious when a product is released and you can clearly see it that it's not a gimmick it, 
It, it is a gimmick, but it just doesn't have that sincerity. Right. And there, there's there's right. a sincerity that is that is very transparent when a game comes out and it impacts you. And I don't give a sh like I, I apologize. I don't give a shit whether um, you you believe in this or not, or anybody believes in this or not that's listening. Mm -hmm. Any kind of game design is art. If you're making a video game, it's art. If you're making yeah. a card game, it's art. A board game is art. I think right? that's, a, that's actually officially what it's categorized as. <laughs> it, it is. It's yeah, an yeah. expressive. It's an artistic expression. Yeah. It's a creative expression. And yeah. you know, uh, Adam's a musician, and and, and I'm 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 a card, I'm a designer because I love that stuff. I don't know what you're if you do you you podcast. So there is artistic ex expression in yeah, that. Yeah, there too. you go. Yeah. Um. So. People that are into whatever art they're into can tell when something is genuine. It's the difference between someone that looks mm. at a painting from an artist and can get touched by it and someone that will look in, at a painting and not get touched. When right. something is truly genuine, it, it will reach out and then hit the person. And that's what, Fab, that's what Fab did to me. I played yeah. Fab and beyond like the game system being beautiful, I could see the purpose behind it. Mm. There is something you can just touch. And anybody who's played the game will know this. And it's highly personal. And you can play like I played the, the the one piece card game, and not to throw shade because I know there's a big one piece, of it, but the card game feels very mass produced. Mass produced. I was gonna bring that exact same. Uh, it feels know, mass produced. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, like it's not a bad game system, and I'm sure that the designers behind it love it very dearly. But it feels mass produced, and it lacks that care. And that's what MetaZoo did to me. Mm -hmm. I saw MetaZoo, I looked at the game, it's a game, it's it's whatever. Um, I yeah. looked at the cards and then I saw the kind of people that were getting into it and I'm like, you know what, this is not for me. It yeah. lacks heart. It lacks yeah. the heart. And yeah. I feel that with video games, that's why I have a really hard time getting into video games nowadays. I mm -hmm. get into the weirdest like independent games that I, I just I just latch on and like... Yeah. If people can be genuine about the way they feel and what they do and that's what the one thing i'll say about fab in general is there's something so genuine about this game and it translates to the players it translates to you rob it translates to mm -hmm. um the people making podcasts for this game it translates to adam it translates to all of us absolutely when you make something that's genuine you create a, a community that's genuine and you create interest that is genuine and it's just share it, it spreads across it's and you create contagious. a world it's, it's right contagious. down the pipeline and yeah. And what's really weird about Fab is that the second someone comes in, an invader, someone that comes in into the game that is not genuine, everybody sniffs them out. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> There's this yep. one thing, it's like, you out. Like, yep. we, it, it's so, I think yep. that that's where I'm at with Fab right now is, I think it's it's such a beautiful, genuine expression of what someone wants to bring forth that I can't stay away from it. Yeah. And like, I, and I've said this before, I will buy three cases or more of every single set until this game dies. Mm -hmm. And I will try to hold the master set because I believe in the product and that's the one way I can show it. Yeah. I buy the that. goddamn, <laughs> buy, the, buy the cards. Like if you love the game, buy the cards. So yeah. Yeah. sorry for the large, the big tangent there, but um, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think that's... <laughs> Did you want to... No, I actually, I think that's actually a really good place to kind of start to shore this thing up um we're, we're mm -hmm. hitting the I'm, I'm seeing the 123 minute mark where uh, i made the people oh, yeah, promise to good. make this a shorter episode and man we did not sorry y'all uh we but that's talking. that's okay because i think this has been actually a really cool uh conversation i've uh, I've, I've really enjoyed uh studying down with with both of you um i know yeah when when sean suggested we bring you on rob um i knew it was going to be 
I, yeah. I, I definitely knew it was like this was Sean's to kind of spearhead because he's, I think I got a cooler perspective on collecting than I do. But uh, at the end of the day, I knew this was going to be a cool conversation and I've, I've certainly enjoyed it. And I hope our, our listeners have as well. Uh, on that note, um, any closing thoughts, anyone, before we uh, move on to the, the formalities of the conclusion of this podcast? Well, I think uh, before we get onto the the formalities, Rob, uh, the floor is yours, dude. Uh, plug plug away, buddy. Yeah. So I mean, I am one half of the podcast slash YouTube channel Spark of Genius, named after the card, of course. I don't even know why we picked it. We were just looking at cards and like, this is a nice name. We'll just use that. Uh, well, I also love Dash at the time, so that mm. that's kind of what propelled that. Um, so yeah, I'm one half. Eric is the other half. Uh, we do, uh, videos every Tuesday, Thursdays, and sometimes on Saturdays. So you can check us out there. We do upload to Spotify and other, uh, podcast mediums as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, feel free to, to follow us. We do kind of all, all sorts of stuff. We do gameplay, actually probably mostly gameplay, but gameplay, we do, uh, collaborations. We do interviews with top decks, interviews with people who have won in callings and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, check us out. So, uh, there's there's so before we go into the uh, the closing statements and our, our our usual nonsense that we end the show with which adam is going to be the maestro of of our beautiful cacophony um there's one last thing that rob i'd like you we, we talked about a card before the podcast uh started uh, you are the the owner of something that um honest to god is like the probably the sickest flex in flesh and blood very uh, near and dear to my heart as well i know but at the one same time it is like it is the limited edition like bugatti of of like it, it of, of you know of the flat the fab universe so i think we should give our, our viewers here a, a, a just a nice little flex before we end the cacophony so to to everybody um this is rob actually rob i'll let you introduce the card so this is a card that i've had for a long time now that i have not gotten graded until recently this is the one of a kind, as far as we know. Uh, cold foil. Let me do it this way. Cold foil Fyandel's spring tunic uh, that has James White's signature on it. This was signed um, in New Zealand by a guy called Stephen Rose, and this was back when the card was worth maybe like a hundred bucks. So back then, James White was like, "I can sign this card because it's not worth very much." But since then. He has said publicly that he has not signed cold foils anymore. So this is going to be hopefully the only signed tunic uh, for as long as the game keeps going. And I brought it to Worlds in San Jose and they had a PCG booth there. And I figured I, I asked them, hey, do you guys authenticate signatures? And they said, well, we will in March or we will in a few months after the Worlds was. And they were like, but we can do it now for you if you want. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. So I gave it to them, and the grade came back a 9.5. Got dinged on corners, got a 9 there. But uh, actually, no, that, I'm wrong. It got a 9.5 on corners. It was a surface, which I think makes sense because it was signed. So mm. 9 on surface, and it also has the world's logo right under the 9.5 there. So it got the special world's logo. Oh, cool. um, so it was, yeah, so basically it was there from the first world championship, signed cold foil tunic, one of a kind, my prized possession in fab. Uh, yeah, so there, there it is. I, I Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty much speechless. Uh, that is, that is, that is the craziest card it's, I've ever it's, seen. It's also sentimental because I've had it for just so long and uh, I got it from uh, a local who, who initially bought it off eBay and then I was like, 
oh i mean you're selling that i'll take it <laughs> this is like <laughs> sure probably yeah. almost two years ago but yeah yeah that's crazy man well that, that's awesome um so with that being said adam uh maestro yeah, so uh, thanks thanks so much, uh, Rob, for joining us today. Uh, we are The Combat Chain. Uh, I'm Adam Philipchuk. He's Sean Hill. Uh, you can find us uh, on YouTube at The Combat Chain. Uh, you can also find us on uh, all you or all podcast streaming platforms. Uh, and we are also on uh, Twitter, uh, at The Combat Chain. Uh, I am at FontouleryTCG. He's at Sean Hill. Uh, in the upcoming category, we do have uh, Frank Hung uh, coming on the, the show really soon. Uh, like I said, we've got a, a whole slew of spoilers to that, that kind of came out. And I think there's a, Frank's a brilliant mind when it comes to uh, things like analyzing and understanding the value and like playing cards, knowing... Um, I, I, there are so many level ups I've experienced out of talking with that man and uh I, I i'm excited to dive into that and even on top of that uh sean and i are kind of uh we, we've got some plans to kind of dive into some spoiler stuff on our own too and i you know what? i'm gonna be honest sean i really want to do the viscerai versus prism thing now that sounds like a lot of fun uh so that, I, I will play i miss prism so dearly like when i saw dust till dawn which we'll talk about with frank um when i saw that there's a there's a part of me that like in like, the live again <laughs> it's not just that like you know what like for a while there when prism hit ll like um like bread didn't taste as sweet yeah um, and then i yeah. got like yeah. colors and were then a i got the dollar yeah Col colors were duller and just you know life seemed <laughs> music great. wasn't as sweet <laughs> music just didn't give me chills anymore and then right. dust till dawn got revealed and i saw that facebook post and all of a sudden all my senses came back to me um felt like one bad dream so yeah i'll anytime i'll play prism absolutely okay cool we'll uh we'll look into that uh and i think oh and uh, i i always mention it because i want to keep the seed uh planted um the patreon we're working on figuring it out um stay tuned for that uh, and I think that's that's about everything on our end. Uh, once again, uh, thank you so much, Rob, for joining us. Uh, but we have one more order of business. Uh, at Rob, every episode we we close in a very special way. Uh, I will say uh, until next week, and then in unison we will all say we are closing the combat chain, and it is corny, and it is campy, and it is so much fun. Uh, will you join us to close us the combat chain? Absolutely. All right. Until next week, I'm Adam, he's Sean, and, and we're closing the combat chain. <laughs> that was awesome. Thanks Killed it, man. Listening, everyone. Thank you.
Thank you.